0: Long. Way outside for the three. It's good. It's it. good. So for then by two handed flush from Brittany Griner. Swing it over. They've got to put him up. They don't use it. And yes, the Lumberjacks have done it.
1: Spins. big season for texas they finished 34 and 0 the number one ranked team from beginning to end winning their first ncaa championship and the first NCAA... hello everybody and welcome to another edition of the texas 24 podcast on the dave campbell's podcast network i'm matthew bruni and joining me to continue this preview series is ishmael johnson ish how are you doing today i'm good the marathon continues my man yes it does and uh if you haven't already check out our past podcasts um at this point we we have houston houston out uh west texas out and now we get into san antonio my native region Mm -hmm. i'm gonna i'm gonna put on Spurs hat while we do it. Oh Jesus! There right. you go. Where's my son's hat? I'm no, we don't need that. You know what? No, no. You know what? I'm, I'm. You, you did you, it. I'm doing you it. Missed, you, you missed. It. You missed the West Texas podcast. You could have. Oh, he's like my hat rack down. Don't care. You, you, I'm one upping you. You, you got could the finals have, hat on. You, you could have done that during the West Texas podcast, but you didn't even think about it.
0: So. No, no, I had to. I'm not. I'm refusing to to just allow the Spurs to take this over. So,
1: so anyways, uh, yeah, we got UTSA, Texas State, and UIW um three three uh great colleges from Mm -hmm. san antonio and ish area texas State, obviously san marcus which is about 45 minutes north of uh, san antonio but a place that i've been to plenty and Mm -hmm. a place that ish has been plenty um man it's gonna be fun let's get right into it let me get the timer going here utsa is gonna go first uh let's see six minutes for each team for those of you who have not listened before uh we might go a little bit over it because ish rambles sometimes oh so, okay yeah <laughs> Here we go 6 <laughs> minutes um you <laughs> i want you to start with the UTSA one, uh, men yeah. UTSA men all right go yep. ahead
0: all right so um basically it's interesting that to look at UTSA this year because the past couple years it's felt like they've been notorious underachievers um they are a team that had arguably the best scoring backcourt, probably in the group of five, uh, on the mid certainly in the mid major uh, level, probably in the uh, group of five, and they did not advance past the CUSA quarterfinals in any year, I believe. So now Keaton Wallace and Javon Jackson are gone, and their biggest returner is Jacob Germany. Jacob Germany. So basically, it, this this year becomes kind of a an interesting test study in what steve henson's doing because long story short the past couple years they've been great at scoring terrible at rebounding terrible defensively and javon jackson and keaton wallace both both play their parts in being terrible defensively because they're they weren't good defenders but you would think sometime in there and i think uh, steve henson also earned a contract extension in that early run i think it was after javon jackson's freshman year i believe um so they were invested in what he was doing. And at the time it looked like, okay, this is a program that, knows that has something cooking here, right? Up-tempo style of play, high scoring, exciting guard play. Let's see where it goes. And it kind of didn't go anywhere outside of that. So now you lose that explosive backcourt. Your returning, returning best player is a solid scoring big who really doesn't rebound that well. Isn't that great of a defender? Nope and you're kind of heading into an ultimatum year. So I'm look I'll look I have Steve Simpson's records up. 14 and 19 is first year. 20 and 15, I think that was a contract extension year, uh, 17 and 15, 13 and 19 and last year 15 and 11. You finish above you you've barely notch above 500 three times in Conference USA play. And now you know if you're UTSA, you just made a change in women's basketball, right? We'll talk about that in a bit, but you made a pretty big splash higher there are you looking at men's basketball now and are you saying what's going on here and do you think that this this seems like a year where albeit probably unfair because they are reloading a little bit um this is the year where he's got to prove it he's got to prove it this year they have i think they bring enough back um, by reloading i don't mean like they're replacing a the whole roster they're yeah. replacing their two best players by far yeah. and they're returning everybody else. But the problem is
1: everybody else wasn't that great. Nope. Nope. I mean, the first thing I have written down and I, there's a few things here. First thing mm-hmm. I've written down is what is this team's identity? And yep. cause the last four years, it's been those two players, Key, oh, Jackson and Wallace. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been and those I will two say the,
0: the thing that, the thing that I think that they failed to replace from that first year, I think was they lost. Um, I forgot the point guard's name uh, Giovanni Nicolao, who was an Italian yeah. point guard. And yeah. he kind of, they had an undersized backcourt where Keaton Wallace basically played the three a little bit. And uh, Nicolao was the playmaker yeah. and they never reestablished anybody else as that playmaker. I think he went pro in Italy or something. I think he left. Italy. And he could shoot. And he could shoot. Right. And so that allowed Javon Jackson, Keaton Wallace to be just pure scores. So then you put Javon Jackson as a playmaker, which he's not as good at
1: and they tried it last year do you remember early early in the season we're like man jackson wallace's numbers are down they were like 14 15 points a game because they were trying to get others involved didn't it it, they got some wins but it didn't really work it wasn't sustainable and they said screw it played conference like normal they put up a lot of points javon jackson was great you know keaton wallace was great Mm -hmm. um but it just didn't result in consistent wins they went nine and seven in conference play last year and you're like okay this is something that could work and then they go and lose in the first round of the Conference USA tournament and you're like all right that's it like we were like going to the tournament we we're like this could be it this could be the the run this could be you play Western Kentucky in the quarters and if you get by them they didn't even get to Western Kentucky like that that was it was just over it was just mm-hmm. over um at that point so um, the identity of this team is going to be interesting to me. You look at just the roster to go through it quickly. Jordan Ivy Curry was all conference for freshman team last year. Expect him to be starting. Darius McNeil coming in from SMU, basically the sixth man over there. Expect him to be the scorer. Uh, Cedric Alley, uh, I have him at the three right now, returning starter, uh, just kind of an all around guy. Not great in anything, but you know a capable guy. Mm-hmm. Um, at the four, I don't know who they're going to start. They have a couple candidates here. I have written down Alu Lou from mm-hmm. Temple uh, Community College six eight i mean maybe but then the five of jacob germany and uh while he's good uh there's a lot of solid bigs in conference you say that i would take over him um i mean i don't know if even in texas i mean you go through max fiedler for rice i'd probably take over him thomas mm-hmm. north texas i mean you know you just go down that list i mean not to mention louisiana tech and uab which are big teams so yeah it's it's a team and then you look at the bench and i just don't No, they return. They return too much, in my opinion. Here, they return too much. They return too much because we know what these guys are, and we know that they're not that good. And their only newcomers are a couple junior college guys that you know maybe can try to do some stuff, but it's just it's not it's nothing special here. And I'm really worried that they were 27th in pace last year. Are -hmm. they just going to? Is that their identity? Right. Is I think they. I mean, they're just run regardless of players. It's all tempo. Right. I was about
0: to say. I think that. I'm curious about that because I'm trying to. Th- I was trying to remember what his first year was like when he didn't have. Yeah, and I want to say, and I want to say that they were, they were pretty much similar in terms of pace, and and so I think. I mean, I think that's just his identity, which is interesting because he's a, a he's a Lon Kruger disciple, isn't he? So like, mm. that's a little interesting that they're just kind of that they were just kind of running gun, but, um, yeah, I. I don't know. I think that they have an interesting um, prospect in Lamine Sabali, who's the brother of uh, Satu Sabali from the from Dallas Wings, uh, formerly of Oregon. I believe he played prep ball in Arizona, but he's uh, of course their their German family. Um, he was a three star recruit, twelfth best prospect in Arizona. So like you know he he's a pretty high high caliber recruit, and if he is somebody that maybe works his way to being that starting or backup four. You know, that's something interesting. But like you said, there's, I would rather just bring in a bunch of guys like that that are intriguing than just run it back with this team, right? If there's no this, reason. Right. I was about to say, so like him, he, we could look at the end of the year and be like, oh man, Lamine Saboli came in and, you know, they have something really interesting there. And, and he's a guy that they can build this team around. And I would want more, you know, like two or three more guys like that. then you say okay cool now it's a rebuilding year they they we can it probably buys steve henson more time to say like look i have this new class of freshmen coming in um but now it's like okay you have jacob germany who's a junior who okay he's he's almost a finished product you have a bunch of seniors and juniors who are fairly under literally
1: they have one freshman and three sophomores on this team yeah that's it. It that that's literally it. So yeah. Um, I will correct myself. They did beat Charlotte in the first round of the conference USA tournament and then got uh, beat by Western 80 to yes. 67. And I remember that's that right. game. Uh, Western was up 38-25 at halftime and UTSA never had a chance. So right. there were our hopes. That was that's always been the thing for them is
0: that if if they're not shooting hot, they had no plan B. Nope. Right. Because they didn't they couldn't stop anybody to come back in games. And if Javon Jackson or Keaton Wallace were off. That was kind of it, right? And so I think I think towards the end, Javon Jackson got kind of worn down because he was such a bulk of that scoring load that they had no plan B. So now you have to have a plan B, right? You have to, like, I, I, is it going to be a committee thing, right? I th- I don't think you can rely on Jacob Germany being your scoring output. He's going to have to be to some extent, but yeah. I, I just don't know. I'm, I'm really fascinated because this is a do or die year for Steve Henson. Like it just is. Um, You know, he can't go, Uh, i don't know like to me he can't go sub 500 and keep his job i agree like yeah so it's again i was a fan of this hire originally um i think he really showed promise i just don't think the roster construction's been what i think it needs to be for them for him to for him to stick around i think he's in i think after this year he has two more years on his contract so i want to say that's probably
1: why they held off
0: on making a move last year so i don't know
1: yeah. Um, well, let's get to predictions. Um, 18 game conference season in conference USA. They are in the West with um, UTEP, Rice, North Texas, UAB, La Tech. Very good division there. Um, I have them as the worst team in this division by a decent margin. And I'm, oh, I didn't mention Southern Miss. Southern Miss was bad last year. I don't know if they, how, how much better they've gotten. So maybe mm-hmm. they can beat them a couple times um i'm gonna go out of 18 games man i'll give them a little bit more credit than i probably should i'm gonna go 5 and 13 Mm. i was gonna go i was gonna go a
0: little bit up just because i i mean they did go 9 and 7 right and so like i don't want to say they just go 3 and 15 right that's not that's not realistic but again that whole that that it was so much of their scoring load i'm gonna go optimistic too i'm gonna say 6 and 12 but it's telling that like five and, you know, like five and six wins are optimistic for us. Right. Yep. Um, and again, if they do go 500, if they go like nine and, or, uh, 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 I'm trying to think nine and nine or something like that, I think that's a good coaching job this yes. year. So I think he does keep his. If they get to 500, if they fall one game below 500, I think he keeps his job. Because I think that there's a lot of holes with this team um, that, that need to be fixed. And We'll see if he does it. So yeah, I'm going six and 12.
1: All right. I have, I have the document now. I was actually going to send it to you. I never did, but I have okay. now a running record of our uh, predictions. Nice. So okay. This is good. We'll see how this goes. <laughs> All right. Um, well, let's get to the women now. Yes. Six minutes, even though we went over it last for the men's, but six minutes starting now, uh, last year to quickly recap, they went two and 18 and zero and 14 in conference play. Um, Karen Aston is hired as the head coach. uh, Obviously, a pedigreed past uh, history, Um, good connections to Jaylee Mitchell at UNT. I saw a lot of North Texas people congratulating her as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you look at the roster that she brings in, and it is a couple, a couple starters um, Mm -hmm. returning, but then you get a lot of the transfers coming in. A lot of them are from the junior college ranks. uh, A couple from. There's one from Nevada. There's one from Lamar. Uh, but then you have Blinn College, Coast, uh, Gulf Coast State, and Grayson College. You know, there's a lot of different pieces. It's a very new roster, and it's kind of something that Karen Aston can mold to her own liking. You know, mm-hmm. nobody's really going into this year expecting her to do a 180 and turn this into a eight and ten team in conference play or anything like like that or nine and nine. This is a year where she can settle in and she can find her. Find her wits, figure out what she has, figure out what she needs, and go go into next year uh, with a better idea of what she can do in Conference USA. Yeah,
0: I think so. I th- I like this hire a lot. I think that she gets a lot of she got a lot of criticism for what happened to Texas, and she wasn't bad at Texas, right? She just wasn't what Texas wants to be. Yeah. Um. She did. So- I, th- I think this is more her level. I'm surprised that she. I don't know if she just was turning down offers or if she got calls, but it is surprising that, you know, a pretty poor UTSA program is where she ended up, because I think she is better than this in terms of where she could have probably gotten a job. I wonder if this was just something she liked the region, she liked the potential of this, because, and I'm wondering if she's able to get a lot more cachet because of that in the program, so you know, UTSA starting, they're quite literally starting from the bottom, right? This is a program that's complete scratch, complete scratch. This is a program that's been very poor and they're bringing in somebody who has gotten it done at the mid-major level, right? Charlotte, North Texas, even if she got to an elite eight, she's got to sweet 16s at, at Texas, obviously. Um, I mean, again, she got, she got fired after nine and 11, 19 and 11, sorry, at Texas. Right. And so like, She's not a bad coach. And so, of course, it's gonna be a rebuilding process. I think they're definitely gonna be better because I think just an influx of talent, immediately readily available talent. Well, they can't and be worse. Literally, they cannot be worse. Like that is the other thing. The other, the one of the other big things is they're a pretty good rebounding team. And I think that if you take that foundation, they had some like I'm trying to look right now. They were 28th in offensive rebounds per game last year, right? I think if you can build on just some just some of the talents with that, you can do some things because they were bottom shooting, re, uh, defensive rebounding, defending. Like they were, again, 300 second in field goal percentage, 331 in, in uh, field goal percentage allowed. This is not a good team, but they have that foundation of rebounding, which means there is some kernel of something there that you can hang something on. And so I think that there's something to work with they're not going to be. They're not going to be as bad as last year. I'm going to put it that way. I think there is a uptick this year. I don't think it's probably. Uh, it's not blowing anybody away, but I think that when you look at the lack of experience this year, I think you look at the the bunch of new names coming in. I think there's going to be room for optimism by the end of the year.
1: I'm interested because she didn't go out and get, and obviously it's hard for coaches to recruit out of high school when, you know, with, with the coaching change, recruiting at high school can be hard, but you look at the roster, it's almost all juniors and with a few seniors and Mm -hmm. a couple sophomores, like there's really not any freshmen on this team. So that kind of indicates, I think she thinks that it's not going to take years to turn this around, or at least to be, be competitive with Triff. the middle of conference you would say right i feel like after you know after this year you start looking at next year being like all right can we go from what however you know what four four wins in conference you would say to seven mm-hmm. like and then go from 10 from there like at that, at that point then you'll get start getting players in their fourth and fifth years i thought that was an interesting thing when looking at the grades of the players and then not for nothing i think i mean Jaden Pim- pimental i don't know mm-hmm. how to say her name uh five foot two but i mean and Lockdown defender from Lamar basically started at Lamar every single game last year. You bring in a little bit of identity and experience at that position. And then you do have your returners, like you said, at the rebounding, I mean, especially offensive rebounding. I have both their forwards being basically returners. Obviously that could change. I don't know who Mm -hmm. exactly is going to start, but, um, you have a six, five, uh, player in Atlanta, uh, Blanding. Uh, so you have height there. Um, they have some 5'10 guards and wings uh, f- uh, from Nevada. LaPresa La Johnson, a 5'10 mm-hmm. graduate senior from Nevada. So there are pieces here. I'm interested to see w- what her mindset is and what her identity is and what she tries to mold this team into being. Because I think that Jaden Pim- Pimentel pickup mm-hmm. is, is really big because that's a all-conference defender that she got there.
0: Sure. I think that she's going to be somebody that they, that they definitely balance off of, I think. Uh, having Yuliana Valcheva back, who I believe averaged about 10 and six last year. Um, She's back in the post. Uh, The couple of the scoring guards I wanted to hint at was Haley Atwood from Blinn, uh, basically 18 point per game score as a sophomore coming from Blinn. And then Queen Alabo, who was about a 16 point per uh, game score coming from Barton. Instant scoring punch. Again, they're not going to directly translate to that, but I do. That's a good point you made about the, how like, somewhat experienced this team is in terms of how the talent she brought in. Because you look at Conference USA this year, it's going to be a little bit of a turnover next year, right? This is North Texas's year, right? To probably get something done. Uh, uh, This is probably La Tech's year. UTEP's, this is probably a big year for UTEP. Um, Rice is obviously, they're rebuilding as well. And so like, it's going to, I think, I mean, UAB, this is UAB's year too. So like, Mm -hmm. I think you look at next year, and if it is like a good group of juniors and seniors for UTSA that hover maybe around 500 this year, next year, all of a sudden, maybe, who knows? I don't know. Yeah. Um, I think that's a pretty smart, smart strategy from them going for experienced Juco players as opposed to like sophomores or something. Yeah.
1: I don't think, yeah. I don't think she took a job expecting to suck for three years in a row. Right. So that's That's the thing. I think she's, comes into this being ambitious not that any coach goes into it expecting me bad for a long time but there's still sure. you know strategies for everybody sure. all right let's predict um utsa women you can go first this Ooh, okay so let's put it this way they are winning
0: a game because they did not win <laughs> i believe they went zero and 14 last year in conference yes. so first off yes they are winning a game. there you go i think i'm gonna go with about four and 14 it's gonna be rough um because I do think that the con- this year, the conference is really deep and
1: that's my concern.
0: Yeah. So that's going to be my only thing. I think four and 14 is about, I, I, I would not be shocked to see them maybe hover around five and 13, six and 12. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to be a little bit pessimistic here and say that it doesn't all gel right away. Um, and that they go about four and 14.
1: Yeah. It's, it's hard to predict this team with so much turnover. Um, mm-hmm but we do know what the rest of conference usa has and the rest of conference usa is like you said they're, this is they they're, they're going to get the best shots of every team because like they're not they're not going to go into these games be like all right it's just utsa like if north texas plays utsa north texas going to be like we have to win this game because utep is a game behind us and mm-hmm. we can't lose it like so sorry utsa you're going to get your teeth kicked in here um, right i i'm going to agree with you i'm going to go 4 yeah. and 14 as well there all you right. go 414 for UTSA. Like the higher just, you know, year 1. It's going to be year yeah, 1. For sure. All right. Next up, Woo. we got the school from San Marcos, Texas. Yes sir. Produces oh. only the best Dave Campbell's <laughs> Texas football writers Oh, appreciate. And basketball. <laughs> All, All right, Texas State statement, you go ahead. All righty. So, uh last
0: year 18 and 7, 12 and 3, 12 and 3 in conference. Obviously, they get they get upset by App State, who ends up, I believe, going to the Sunbelt Championship in the tournament. Yep. yep. In overtime, uh 76-73. But considering everything, right? They had a huge scandal with um, uh, Danny Casper prior to the season. He gets out. Uh, he resigned I believe is officially a resigning. He resigns, Terrence Johnson, assistant, Terrence Johnson takes over. And, like, they they lose, I believe, to Our Lady of the Lake pretty early. So, like, things are looking pretty dire. And people are like, okay, well, what's kind of going on here? All of a sudden, they just kick into gear. And they, like I mentioned, they go 12-3 and three in conference. They are instantly one of the hottest team, one of the hottest mid-majors in the country overnight. And they return everybody. <laughs> they basically bring back everybody. And I think that's the biggest reason for optimism is because – they they almost lost Isaiah Small to the transfer market, right? He he went to the he the transfer portal was was legitimately getting. Uh, I believe uh, Jeff Goodman tweeted out, you know, Florida, Tech, yeah. Texas, Tennessee, right? There was legitimate offers. He decides to come back. Insane, insane coup. I don't. I do. I was talking to uh, I was talking to Terrence Johnson at coaching school, and he was like, he he, you could like. I asked him about Isaiah Small. And he's like, yep. <laughs> he, he was like, he was almost physically wiping the sweat away. Like, yep. We, uh, we held oh on to him. God. And uh, yeah. A dude that just burst onto the scene last year is uh, uh, from junior college. And they bring back basically that starting five. I know they lose. Um, uh, I believe it's uh, Alonzo Sule. Yeah. But that's their only. That's the only starter they lose. And they, he, I think what he did differently from Casper. He gave them a little bit more freedom on offense. There's the same defensive intensity that's there. There's the same, there's the same slow pace we we're joking about before the show that both Texas state and UNT both play ungodly, slow basketball on offense. Um, but what he did was he adapted. He let them, I think freelance a little bit more. Casper was very, very regimented in the motion offense. You know, you don't do anything outside of the rule books. Yeah. And tj was letting them in the half court make risky passes he was letting them freelance a little bit more and that resulted in i believe the sixth best three-point shooting team in the country last year they almost shot 40 percent as a team and they still kept up somewhat of the defensive intensity right they sacrificed it a little bit of course because yeah. you know they were uh, they weren't getting as many turnovers they were they let their guard down a little bit
1: and not just, for nothing defensively yeah. i i they they have a really good system i don't know personnel wise they're not this suffocatingly long team that's gonna like small is obviously long yes but right. the backcourt i mean you look um it's five nine six three six three basically right right and that's yeah, not mason harrell's
0: stuff. mason harrell's very active on 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 offense but he's you know like you mentioned he's five nine right yeah. um i know caleb asbury's back and shelby adams is back but you know they're they're not huge guys and so yeah, I think that TJ was, of course, rewarded with a full-time job after the year. I probably should have gotten it a lot sooner than that. But um, I'm really optimistic for this. Um, I think this is a conference contender, no doubt. I think that considering where last year ended up, I think anything less than a good run in the conference tournament is a disappointment because I think they were caught off guard a little bit by a hot shooting App State team. Um, and a lot of teams were, like I said, they made they had been making a championship run. Um So yeah, no, I'm, I'm totally excited and I get why people are really
1: excited for this team. I mean, you you say that it's the the expectation is to at least make a good run. I mean, I think you got to win it probably. Yeah. No, I mean,
0: at at this point, I should say by that, I mean, probably making the championship game at the very, yeah. Like if they don't make the championship, you're like missed opportunity, you know, for
1: sure. For sure. So yeah, no, that's, that's I'm. That's what I'm interested in. This is the now. It's a pressure situation Now it's mm-hmm. expectations here. So if something goes wrong, it's not like oh, this is a new coach. This is you know a, diff- a new team-ish in a way. This right. is if something goes wrong here, and you lose two games in a row to someone you're not supposed to, or lose back to back on the road somewhere. It, then you have to come together as a team, and that's where Terrence Johnson is going to be pushed to keep keep the continuity, keep everybody going. And I mean, with this, so many seniors on this team and in the starting mm-hmm. lineup, I'm not worried about that. Sure. But it is, is just the pressure of this is y'all's last year, a lot of y'all's last year. Mm-hmm. You have to go win this thing. This is not negotiable to a degree. Like, and right. thus, I, I do have a couple questions here, and maybe mm-hmm. you can help me answer them. Um, they're not an overly big team. Even yeah. when you look in the front court, right? 6'8, six, 6'8. Eight, six, eight. They do have, I think, what is it, three six eight players and 2'6'9 players. So that's not small right. by any means. Um, but I mean, one of those guys is Isaiah Small, who's more or less a stretch. He's not really a traditional yeah. big. So, yeah. So that's why I'm interested uh, size wise, um, how they kind of compare. And the Sun Belt's not overly huge. So I'm not worried mm-hmm. about that. Um, the depth of this team as well, we talked about they don't lose any starters. Uh, they do have a couple of new guys in. The rotation, I presume, uh, mm-hmm. Ty- Tyrell Morgan, I think, should be in the rotation here coming from jun- junior college ranks. Uh, I have uh, Nate Lacewell is a San mm-hmm. Jose role player coming in. Uh, and then there's a couple other players as well. But I'm interested to see how the depth goes. But, you know, maybe they just don't play anybody off the bench. Even Worst case scenario, they probably just roll those five, six guys out there and, and be perfectly fine there. So um, that's one Interesting thing I'm going to watch. And then the last thing I'll say, which I want your response to mm-hmm. last year, we obviously we saw them lose to app state um, when app state shot the lights out Right. with this slow pace. Is there a concern that when teams get hot, it's going to be a struggle to kind of keep pace to a degree?
0: Yeah. So that's where I think a full off season under TJ will be interesting because that's an issue they've had going back to Casper where if they, if they just face a hot shooting team that they just put their hands up and it's just like, we just got to find a way to match it. Um, Because, yeah. So I'm wondering how much of that was, you know, you can only practice so much during the season and really implement different things. And I want to say Casper resigned like in October, September, October of last year. Mm -hmm. And so it was very much like a quick turnaround. So that's where I'm curious to see, do we see a difference, right? If we, they face a hot shooting team that, you know, is there a counter now do they play a little bit higher of a tempo i don't know um some of the other some of the interests the front court is the issue with this team right we mentioned isaiah small but i mean i mean more of the five alonzo sule was a guy for them he was a big energy guy he could run the floor he could finish he was pretty good he was a good shot blocker now okay is it nigel caesar is it nate lacewell coming in is it nate martin coming in um and so that's the concern for me is that Sule was such an athletic guy for them and I think Quentin Scott to another example who I think also transferred I forgot where he ended up but um they were guys who you were looking at like okay there's some there's there's the athleticism and kind of the explosiveness in the front court and now there's a little bit of a hole there I think Nigel Caesar plays there um and I do think it was a very concerted effort on their part to I think Nate Lacewell was the only like legit transfer who would probably play like pretty quickly. Yeah. They didn't make a, a, a talking around they're talking around the program. They didn't make a concerted effort. They they chose to focus on the guys they were recruiting in high school. They the transfer market, basically shoring up that Isaiah Small was coming back was their only concern pretty much. Yeah. And they didn't, didn't want to go out and get, you know, a bunch of guys that we've seen a lot of teams in the state do because they really wanted to stay committed to the guys that they liked in the recruiting rankings in the recruiting market. So that was a concerted effort. Will that backfire now that they do have a hole at the five? We'll see. You know, that I think again when you're looking at this team, I think that's the biggest hole so far. Um, but yeah, other than that, I I'm I'm a huge fan of this team. I think this is as far as chemistry goes, this is probably the most cohesive team in the conference. And uh yeah, I think probably outside of Georgia State, this is
1: probably the favorite to win. I think. Yep. All right, let's predict. Um Ooh. I guess I guess I'll go first since go for it. It's your- team uh uh, 16 games 18 games uh this is a 18 games okay 18 games texas state i i i really think that they're gonna be better on i mean better on both sides of the ball i think they're gonna be able to play with a lot of different teams this year Mm -hmm. um i'm gonna go i'm gonna go i'm gonna go 14 and 4 Okay. No 14 and four. Okay. I'm going to go, man.
0: I'm going to go about, see, you know, the issue is though, is that because how last year ended up, the Sunbelt was one of the only conferences to only play divisional schedules. Mm -hmm. And so they barely touched the East and that's what worries me. Again, they played app state East team and they get beat. So I'm going to go 13 and five. That's um, a good point. The
1: East was a better division. The East was December. a better
0: division. I think Georgia State's the best team in the conference. Um, I think App State will be better. And so I think they pick up an, uh, another loss or two. So I'm gonna go 13 and
1: five. All right. Texas State. All right, let's get to the women's. All righty. We are running a little bit over our six-minute mark-ish. And yeah, uh, I know I ran I ran long on that one. My bad. Yeah. And just want to let you know. Just want to let you know. <laughs> Not a big deal. (laughs) All right. Six minutes on Texas State women. uh, You can go first. Uh, Shout out to Coach Coach Antoine.
0: Yeah. If you haven't listened to our interview with her, go back and listen to it. She's one of my favorite coaches to talk to, basically, in any sport um, anywhere. So, uh, yeah. So they were 11 11 last year, seven and eight in conference. They, the past couple of years, they've been kind of searching for that breakthrough season. They've been very much okay and not they haven't tanked and they haven't reached the heights of when they were one of the fate, when they made the conference championship, I believe two or three years ago. So this year could be finally the year to maybe change that. They bring back most of everybody. They have all conference caliber talent in Daneja Hood, in uh, um, uh, Kennedy Taylor, Kayla Bowie as well. I think this is an interesting team that it's a very much a projection pick, right? They're a 500 team more or less last year, but you've seen kind of them creep back up slowly into conference contention since bottoming out two years ago. I think Coach Antoine knew what she had when she brought in this recruiting class. And I think she finally realizes that this is the team that could really punch up and compete. I, I, this Again, this is the team that's always had a... for Until last year, they had a size issue. And Deneisha Hood basically came in and solved so much of that. They became an, a decently. Uh, uh, they still weren't great on the boards, but they were good at defending the boards. I think, which is weird to say. Uh, they were about fifty fourth in offensive rebounds allowed per game, and they were good. They were pretty good at three point defense. They were. They I think they defended the three point line to a sub thirty uh, percent clip, and they got to the free throw line. And I think that they were, I think they're going to continue that. I really think that they're going to take some strides in the offensive in the, in the rebounding category as a whole. I'm excited to see where this team goes. Um, they do lose Avion Alexander, who was a pretty big player for them on the, on the perimeter, but I think Kennedy Taylor is ready to take kind of a next step for them. And I kind of, I'm really looking forward to some of the interesting transfers they're bringing in as well. I believe, uh, I can't remember was Gabby, St- Gabby Stanford comes Andrew, in. No, she, yep. she was last. I think she was here last year, but she was kind of uh, uh, coming in a little in bit out. more. Yeah. yeah, exactly. In and out. So I'm interested to see how she does. I'm really interested to, I, I really like this team a lot. I'm, I'm a little bit hesitant because, you know, it could not every improvement is exponential. Yeah. You know, they're not always just going to keep getting better and better, but this is the team that, you know, coach Antoine's kind of been recruiting to the past couple of years.
1: I mean, is this the team that returns the most players in, in Texas that we cover? Like, I have it written down. Yeah. The only newcomers here are uh, Jonah Johnson from Texas Tech um, and two freshmen. Mm-hmm. Those are all the, I maybe I missed someone. I don't know. Right. But literally, I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven 10, 11 returners and the four returning starters. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, this is like, that's an incredible amount. And there are a lot, a lot of them are older, right? Kenny Taylor, mm-hmm. senior, Kayla Bowie senior, Gabby Stanford, uh, graduate senior, Lauren Thompson, and Reshurt, Hood's a senior Major as well. Majorfield, senior Tiana Eaton, Richard senior. Yeah. um, It's an experienced team. I mean, this is kind of, this is the, you have to win here. This is their With, shot. Yeah. This is the shot you have to go. You're taking your shot here. Um, You bring up the size, um, I I do I understand Denesia Hood and Lord, Lauren Thompson are very good players here, and Deneisha mm-hmm. Hood especially solves a lot of those uh, size problems that could pop up. But behind her, you still don't have much in terms sure. of the size. Like I don't think they have a player over six one, at least listed on this I roster. Think
0: J- I think Jada Reed. She pl- I'm curious what the issue with Jada Reed is. She, yeah. she battled injury last year because she played a lot as a freshman or sophomore i saw that and then she's kind of just dipped and i want yeah. to say there's injury in there
1: yeah i hope she gets she gets back but i mean yeah. even her she's listed at 6-1 right? listed at 6-1 here and sure. i know size isn't everything in, in women's basketball by any means but um you know it, that's an interesting aspect if the Hood gets in foul trouble if she goes to the bench um where does the front court production tick up or is that more pressure on Kennedy Taylor and Bowie and Standifer and whatnot? Mm-hmm. Um, I will say they do have a lot of players at six foot one and five ten, like, so it's not a size problem across the board. It's just, right. I'm interested and it might not even be a problem, but mm-hmm. you know, cause they were able to rebound in areas. They were only minus 1.1 in the rebounding margin, but it, that's an area I'm interested to see because you have a lot of returners. You kind of know what this team is, but where's, does the size lower their ceiling at all or what lowers their ceiling? Mm-hmm.
0: Sure. I think that to me, if I'm being honest, I think the thing that lowers their ceiling is trying to figure out what to do with the other guard spot because Kennedy Taylor comes in, right. She is the, probably the best point guard in the conference. I average about five assists, I think. And I think they were, let me see. They were third in assists per game in the conference. Um, and they were third in field goal percentage in the Sunbelt and two, and number two in two point percentage. She was setting up a lot. Right. And so like, I think she can keep that going, but you lose your secondary playmaker, you lose your secondary score on the outside, you know, is, is that kind of the question mark, right. With this team, I think Avion thinks she averaged over 38 minutes a game. Um, You know, is that the, I think that's the concern of every, if anything. And Maybe the depth, just you know, is next man up mentality. I think she was also their best three point. Yeah, she was their best three point shooter too. So, yeah.
1: I'll, ah. say, I'll, I'll say this: Kenny Taylor's assist to turnover ratio is great. It's over two. To, it's two to one basically. Yeah. Um. Last year, everybody else on this team was turn assist to turnover ratio did not was not good was not impressive right. at all. And as a result, they committed, I think three more turnovers than their opponents in games. Mm-hmm. So, Kenny Taylor with the ball in her hands offense or or denasia hood with the ball in her hands i feel really comfortable with everybody else around it has to still prove it to me a little bit here mm-hmm. forward. yeah all right ready to predict
0: all right let's do it i think we got i think it's i think it's 18
1: as well yeah all right 18 games <sighs> hmm. um they went seven and eight last year in the Sun Belt, and again that's by divisions they did not play the east i believe so I'm going to roll. I'm going to go with a 10 and eight pick for uh, the women's basketball team at Texas State. Say you. So let me just say right now they're going to lose two games to Troy because
0: Troy is the fastest team in the country. And Texas State is not good enough defensively to stop, to slow them down. And they're not, as good as they are offensively, they're not going to be able to keep pace. So I think that's automatically two losses from the East. I think
1: I'm going to agree with you. I think I'm going to go 10 and 8. I feel a little bit optimistic picking 10 and 8, but I feel like 9 and 9 is kind of a floor. Sure. Sure. Again,
0: this is, this is very much a, you mentioned it, this is their year and it's also a team that while we think they could be good, it's also a show don't tell kind of thing, right? Where it's like, You know, you have a lot coming back. So now, you know, conversely, the men have a lot coming back, but they also competed and were one of the top teams in the conference. Now it's like, okay, now this team has to step up a level to kind of reach where we're thinking that they need to, that they can be. So,
1: yep. All right, incarnate word. Let's do the the birds. All right, San Antonio. Do they play? They play UTSA, right? They can. They can. They do first game of the season. They can play for supremacy of the of the city november 9th um november 9th i believe Let's it go. is go uh i will be tuned into that one texas at uiw man i can't i can get my one uiw game for the game for the year in <laughs> anyways i really shouldn't say that when we're previewing uiw for anybody listening um i love incarnate word here we go Look at that, man you're just slandering you're just, six minutes, you're just... <laughs> six minutes six minutes uh let me restart the timer all right uh Dr. Carson Cunningham going into, I believe, his third year. Mm-hmm. Yes, I believe his third year. Uh, eight and 14 last year, five and nine in the Southland Conference. Uh, no more Keith and Willis is the headliner, really. Um, goes to Louisiana Tech, uh, 19 points per game. Uh, they do bring back Brandon Swabi, uh, eight points per game, and they add graduate transfer Johnny huge for 18 points per game from mount olive and Mm -hmm. i don't know what level mount olive is i'm assuming it's a community junior college of some sorts um but they were minus 3.7 the rebounding margin last year uh they the number that really stood out to me and for these a lot of these teams previews and stuff first thing i do is i go through the team numbers and just see what stands out to me about last year's Mm -hmm. they shot 37.4 percent from three And their opponents shot 30.5% from three. Mm -hmm. And yet this team finishes at eight and 14 on the year. Yeah. And then you look at it and you're like, okay, nothing else really goes crazy. And then you get to the turnovers. And the turnovers just bit. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me here if you do. But the turnovers Mm -hmm. bit them in the butt. And to make it worse, they were steals. Like opponents were stealing the ball from it. It was not like it's a pass going out of bounds. Like, right, we were legit live ball turnovers that they were getting burnt on the other way. Yeah. Um, so that's what it is. I still can't believe that they couldn't, you know, do better shooting seven percent better than their opponents from three. That's just kind of mind numbing to me. Mm-hmm. But here we are with this team kind of heading into another year of uh hoping that they can improve.
0: Yeah, I think their their turnover percentage, so they were they their turnover percentage was 20. Uh, they at twenty percent, which is two sixty two in the country. Ooh. Yeah, a lot, and they didn't, and they didn't force a lot, right? They were about they they forced under twenty turnovers, and so, and they didn't defend very well, um, in terms of the two point percentage, two, two three point percent, percentage. Yes. Yeah, two point uh, three point, great, fantastic, right? They were twelfth uh, in the country in offensive three point percentage and thirty fifth in the country in defensive, right? Stellar. Step inside the arc. 301st in two point percentage on offense and 323rd in two point percentage on defense. I don't know how that happens both ways, like how you can be elite and then just step inside and then all of a sudden you can't defend the post or defend the, you know, like anything. So um they also couldn't get blocks. They only I believe they had they were in a four percent block rate last year, which is 330, 343rd. So again, there's stuff to fix, but there are things that were good, right? An excellent three point shooting team. And so, okay, but also, Keistin Willis was a big part of that. Yep, he I believe he shot thirty seven percent. So, is Drew Lutz a guy that can kind of up his up his up his ante, right? He, he's going to have to be one of the one of the guys that kind of uh, lifts that load um, a little bit now. Uh, I believe they still have Marcus Larson. I believe. Um, is he I have the to- roster here. Oh, okay. See. Um, I think Marcus Larson is still on the team. He might not be. I'm scrolling down right now. I do not see him. So probably not. But we haven't mentioned it. This is a different Southland. (laughs) Of course. That's always like the biggest X factor. They are also a pretty experienced team outside of losing um, uh, uh, Keystone Willis. Bring back Brandon Swabby. He's obviously going to be the guy. Um, Him and Drew Lutz, I think, are going to have to be the guys for this team. I think Brandon Swabby's percentages were really good. And I think it's possible that he, it's always interesting to have like really good shooting percentages with like really low point totals. They're not really low, but like yeah. sub 10 because what happens when you start needing to shoot more? Does that percentage go down? That's kind of what we're going to test with, with uh, Brandon Swabby here is that he was an excellent three point shooter, but he shot about half the threes as Keaton Willis, Keaton Willis. So, you know he's going to be their go-to guy this year. Him and Drew Lutz in the backcourt. Does that change their their shooting uh, now that they have to score more? That, that's kind of, that's kind of the question, isn't it? It's
1: there's a lot of questions because mm-hmm. I I um am interested to see how they stack up against Texas State because I'm worried Texas State will just suffocate them and uh, make them shoot bad threes. Um, you know, does your identity change when Keyston Willis is gone because he didn't just shoot the most threes on the team. He mm-hmm. almost shot twice as many threes as anybody else on the team. Right.
0: Like I said, yeah, Brandon Swabi had like 70 and he had like 120 or something like yes. that.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah. He had 112. of uh, second was uh Logan Brok Br- 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 I don't know how you say that, had 90 okay. three pointers taken. And oh, then geez, after that yeah. it was below 70 for two players and then nobody else basically. Mm-hmm. Um so those guys carried the load and they could shoot the ball really well. Right. But obviously it didn't translate to two point field goal percentage. It didn't translate to success in the paint. Um, they got to the free throw line a decent amount still, but like, where is there's no in between game, which I mean, ideally, I mean, you're doing the right thing. You're shooting enough threes. You're making enough threes. Um, you're shooting them on, on a high volume as well. Mm-hmm. And But then you look at the rebounding margin. You're getting out rebounded by three and a half a game, basically. I mean, you're giving up. The assist numbers are shockingly low for a team that shoots that many and makes that many threes. Like you would think, a team that shoots a lot of threes and makes threes, you'd have a high assist number. They uh, were out of. They had 44 less assists than their opponents in in, during the season. Mm -hmm. So, and like you said, they didn't block any shots, averaging less than two blocks per game. So. Um, I have a lot of questions that I'm interested to see if the doctor Carson Cunningham can fix.
0: I'm curious if, I mean, they, they quote unquote addressed the size issues, right? They go get Kevin shut from Hofstra. Didn't play much, but he's a, you know, he's six, nine uh, center. They get, you mentioned uh, uh, Johnny Hughes, um, you know, six, eight from, uh, from Mount Olive again a s- uh, six, eight center. So there's some size that, you know, uh, presumably one of those guys will play um some decent minutes is that enough to to because uh, again you don't they don't need to be to me they don't need to be great they just need to be not bottom seller which is what they were in the country so i'm curious if yeah i'm curious how that looks if that looks like if their average do, does the shooting of lutz Swabi and Bracamonte boost them just enough to be a better team overall if they just have some help in the paint, which I think possibly, I mean, again, they were, they were terrible in the paint and they still, what, what was their record last year? Again?
1: Um, Um, I have it right here. Sorry. Eight and 14, Uh, 14, five and nine in the Southland.
0: Again, that's okay. Five and nine in the Southland. That's solid in the Southland when you, when you consider they were an awful defensive team, right? (laughs) So I don't know, Keister. Again, there's the there's the kind of the intangible thing of like, what does Keyston Willis, what does this team look like both offensively and defensively, without Keyston Willis on the perimeter? But I don't know. It's a weaker conference too.
1: Much weaker conference. Much. I mean, we talked about it. Uh, what was the last podcast we did on it? Uh, Tarleton State. Mm-hmm. We talked about it at length. I think Houston Baptist as well. Um, you know, you got to worry. Only about nickel State, Houston Baptist, McNeese State, A and M Corpus Christi, Southeastern. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that's basically the Southland for in, in short. Yeah, and UIW should be able to compete with those teams on a consistent basis.
0: I will say their 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 schedule because you mentioned Texas State, buddy. Then they get Baylor and Texas Tech in like the next three, uh, two of the next two games yeah, in the don't, next don't three weeks. don't forget
1: Concordia in there.
0: I was mentioning the teams. I have, I have that some they're, friends that went to Concordia. Shout out to Concordia. Enough, they'll be favored against Concordia, but they're also going to get their teeth kicked in by Baylor and Texas Tech. That might be and an so, understatement. As, so, they're, so it's going to be like, what are we going to know about this team? Potentially one and three against, you know, they you know Texas Tech, there's a chance there, there's a decent game, first game of the season against Texas Tech, but Baylor and Tech, Blow our losses, so all of a sudden you're just like, "What do you learn about that team in the first month?" Basically, Um, you know, maybe there's maybe there's a strategic thing there to be like, "Look, let's just put ourselves against the best competition and just have all the film possible to work with." But I don't know, we're not going to learn much about this team until probably December.
1: I mean, not to pile on to these, not to pile on to these Cardinals, uh, but last year this schedule's nuts. I'm sorry. (laughs) Last year, they played Stephen F. Austin once and Abilene Christian twice yeah. in their conference schedule. And they yeah. lost all three of those games, obviously. Um, and But they were kind of close in a couple of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they also lost to Lamar by 22, lost to New mm-hmm. Orleans by 18, lost to Houston Baptist. All three times they played them. Mm-hmm. One by 16, one by five in the, in the tournament by 12. Like, whew. I, they picked up their wins against a Corpus Christi, yeah, and McNeese. So, like. I'm, so I'm, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you two projections.
0: So, of course, Ken Palm came out uh, this past weekend. Um, I use them, and I use uh, Bart Torvik, who's another, uh, who's another projection. Um, Ken Palm has them four and ten, and Bart Torvik has them seven and seven. Like, like, usually when you get these kind of numbers, yeah. there's like a correlation there where it's like, they're probably going to be near the bottom there. It's literally Bartoric has Bartorik has them fourth in the conference. And Ken Palm, I think has them finishing like second to last. So there is like a, there is a huge, they have them last. Ken Palm has them last. They're, not even the numbers can agree on where this team's going to fall. Nope.
1: But um, last thing I will say, uh, yeah. They need a the roster. If you look at the roster online, Mm -hmm. uh, they need to they need to get a better flash behind the damn camera because these things are dark. Have you looked at them? Just pitch black. Why are you you attacking our uh, our SID friends? I was like, look at look (laughs) at Kevin shoot. Look, (laughs) where's the flash? (laughs) Have you? Are you looking at this? I am. Robert (laughs) Glassberg. Like, did they not have a flash available? Leave our SID friends alone, man. Hey, man, I hold this program to a high standard in the city of San Antonio, man. We need to buy these guys a flash. Get them a flash.
0: All their photos look fine, except for like those two.
1: (laughs) It's just weird. (laughs) It's just Uh... uh, when I went through the restaurant, I was just like, it was like one in the morning because that's just when I prepare for these things, and I was just like, "You're like squinting." You, they they had it on, the they, had it they had it on night mode.
0: They had it on night mode for you, so you mode. wouldn't
1: hurt your eyes. The first thing I wrote down was, "Can we buy these guys a flash?" All right, UIW men's. Uh, I'll go first. Yeah, there's 14 game schedule. You said 14. One uh, yeah. well, four and 14. Man, okay. I'm just gonna four to four and ten. You mean 14? Four, four and ten. Eight. <laughs> they find a way to lose fourteen. Years. I was about to say,
0: damn, you're handing them four more losses. Don't ask me. I'm gonna go with six and eight. I'm gonna be on the more optimistic end. I think that their conference does play into their uh, play into their hands a little bit. So anyway, they're closer to where you're from and where you live, so they're gonna come get you if they, uh, <laughs> if, they if they punch up above right. four and ten.
1: All right. Last but not least is the UIW women's um well let me put my tab up here i have too many tabs open i'm sorry
0: i know this is, this is one of these previews are nuts this way
1: all right uh uiw women's uh I'll, I'll start and then i'll hand it to you real quick yeah um uiw women's led by jeff dow going into his second season six and nine overall four and five in conference play um i mean I, again you just look through the stats of this team uh, and they were out rebounded, out rebounded by almost four a game. Um, but then you know they returned uh, Jacqueline Moore, twelve points a game, and Star Mosey, uh, nine and six per game, nine points, six rebounds a game. And they add a six one four and Jamie Means from Ewell Monroe, who was in and out of the starting lineup over there. Um, I think there are some signs for this team to be better this coming mm-hmm. season, but I'm not exactly sure if those signs point to a big step forward.
0: Sure. I think that's fair. Um, I think they were decently average last year in a lot of ways. Um, Decently average. Decently average. You know, they were were quite literally, I mean, you know, they go 500. I think their numbers nationally aren't, you know, not great, but you look at a lot of their conference rankings and it's a lot of 6 out of thirteen, eight out of 13, you know, like it was a lot of that. And so defensively, you know, not good. Offensively, They shot they they shot a lot of threes. They weren't that great at them, right? I believe they were fourth. Yeah, they were, but they were fourth in the conference in
1: three point rate. They shot their opponents. Their opponents shot twenty seven percent. So I don't know. So it was like (laughs) just nobody making anything. I don't know (laughs) what the Southland was looking like over here outside of obviously the good teams. Right.
0: I mean, like that's
1: the thing, right? They
0: weren't a very good three point shooting team, but they were about middle ish of the country in rate they again 30% of their shots came from 3 um and they got I, I think they got to the free throw line quite a bit they were not good basically at all uh, defensively except for excuse me three point percentage they were uh, they were pretty good but
1: they forced two, too to they did force
0: some steals that is true um i think they were about oh uh, they were 92nd in the country okay yeah they did force them that is pretty good right um They, but they got beat on the boards. I believe they're two ninety six in offensive rebounds per game, two fifteen in defensive rebound uh, rate. Not great, but looking at the conference, they turned. You mentioned it. They turned the ball. They they force turnovers. They were that they also kind of turned the ball over a little bit. Um, I think there's some. With that being said, they managed an almost five hundred record right? That's kind of the interesting thing with what Jeff Dow did. So I don't know if that was just really good coaching and if just continuity kind of helps that and they step, they pick it up a level. And again, they benefit from hashtag a uh, different conference now. Um, I don't know. I think Jacqueline Moore is a, is a potential uh, really good go-to player for them. I think it's great that they bring her back. So freshman year, anytime a freshman comes in and averages double digits on pretty decent percent shooting, right? 35 is an, Excellent, yeah. but it's not awful either. I think you have something to build on there. So,
1: um, you look at the schedule last year and they almost beat UTEP, lost by four to them on the road, which in the second game of the season, which is awesome. Yep. And then you go and beat UTSA, so battle San Antonio, you know, you win that one by six. Right. Uh, they don't play Texas State, um, they have. There's three different stretches of postponed games from last year's schedule, which also makes it more difficult to evaluate this team. Right. I'm looking at it. There's four games in a row canceled. So they played the first four games, four games in a row canceled, played Texas Tech, get blown out. Next four games postponed, play SFA, get blown out. Next Mm. three games canceled, play three games in a row, win them next four games canceled and then they finish the season and they there's like four or five games they lose four of the last five games and then they go in the mm-hmm. tournament and lose to ablin christian so yeah. i feel kind of unfair saying that you know i feel like if this is a full season with this team maybe there's some different outcomes here maybe that we get to see a little bit different of a team but you know sure. it's that way for everybody in the country at this point and This season is going to bring up um, across the board a level of consistency, a level of preparation that there wasn't last year across college Mm -hmm. basketball, men's or women's. So I think there is some talent here. You mentioned it, um, but and I think they do play. I have the schedule up right here for this year's team. They Mm -hmm. play UTEP early uh, in the first game of the season on November 11th. Yeah. On the road. So that's a good test for them right off the bat. And then they play UTSA again on the road, which same city, whatever, on November 21st. So you're getting a couple good tests early on with Texas teams to kind of gauge your talent level. And if they show out in those, then then you have my attention here. Because like I said, I what a weird year that is to, to play through. Right. I think the other thing is that
0: really interests me is outside of SFA, of course, they're blown out, everybody, and Abling Christian. They didn't get blown out last year, right? There's no like team that had their number, right? I'm looking at they lost by four to Lamar, lost by two to Corpus Christi, lost by their biggest loss, I think, is 11 to Lamar. Um, and then they lost, that was it. And then, of course, uh, SFA was blown out of everybody. But like out of the games they played in conference, and again, SFA is, you know, they're gone already. Uh, ACU is gone. So like, yeah, they're, they're, I think that they can compete with the teams that. That are gonna be there because they they've done it. The, their their biggest competition, that was kind of overmatched for everybody in the conference, is gone, and so I'm kind of more to opti- Looking at last year's schedule in that capacity, I'm more optimistic now. I think than I think I was originally looking at this. You ready to predict?
1: Let's. Do I'm it. feeling 40. great. Ooh, okay. I'm Go feeling forth. great. I'm feeling eight and six eight for and six? Incarnate Word. Okay. Okay. Eight and do- six.
0: Do they take the city championship in uh, against UTSA in week? Uh, yes, in uh, on November twenty first. Book it. Okay. I will not be there, <laughs> but I will be there
1: in spirit. <laughs> okay. What, what was yours again? Eight and six. Eight and Stockland six. Moore is gonna carry this team. Okay. Eight. Okay. I'm ready for it.
0: I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna one up you. Go nine and five.
1: Oh, let's go. UIW, let's go. I thought I was going, I I was going up, and he just what? comes and rains on my parade. <laughs> I, I right. wasn't going to go that high until I saw last year, how they actually did in last year's schedule yeah, in
0: conference. Looking
1: at last year's schedule really kind of boosted me up there. Yeah. And, you know, and, uh, you know who, who needs to rebound nowadays, you know? <laughs> just, just, just play. Rebounding's for nerds. Yeah. Yeah. They- <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, let me real quick. Let's see. See, now look at their roster photos. Oh yeah. look at their roster photos. Look, look, at, I'm them. You, look maybe at them Shet, right now. Maybe Shut just out. came in. I yes. look,
0: but maybe Shut just came in
1: on a bad day look and was them. like oh look at them. Yeah, that's that's
0: a, they're all they're all perfectly them. lit.
1: Yeah. A red backdrop, yeah, black it's a good uniforms.
0: Backdrop too. Woo. I'm telling you, maybe shut just came in on a day. It was a bad day. And so it was like, oh, flash yeah. wasn't working right.
1: Photographer so. got stuck in traffic. They took it with their iPhones, man. <laughs> usually. All right, just stay Hey, here. been there. Been there. <laughs> we got to make this work. <laughs> oh, man. Shout out UIW's um, SIDs. Yes. Anyways. All right, let's wrap this up. This has been a good podcast. Um, got done with San Antonio region. Uh, next up, we will have DFW1. Coming up, uh, mm-hmm. TCU, SMU, and UTRGV, which RGV is not uh, in DFW. I was going say we, made, <laughs> we took some editorial liberties. With that. <laughs> you know, if you look hard enough, you know you can connect <laughs> connect the two. They got a dude from DFW on the team, right? <laughs> Uh, I, I mean in theory I should have put RGB at the very end but screw it uh, RGB is in the DFW one pie so check that out next. Um, check out our other podcasts if you haven't already uh, Let us know what you think let us know your predictions uh, on Twitter at DCT Basketball. Um, check us out um, our site at Texas Basketball or Texas Uh follow ish on Twitter at Ishmael R Johnson follow me on Twitter at Matthew underscore so you can send us your opinions um, and yeah continue to check out the content. We will continue to go two or three times a week for the season. So thanks for joining us. We'll talk to y'all later.